I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and next to me, as always, is my trusty sidekick, Matt. Sidekick? Yeah. Hello, my name is Robin. Thank you, Batman, (laughs) for inviting me in. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. Today, we have got a fantastic episode for you. It is called... 10 reasons why you're not losing weight. Yes. So we are generally positive people, but let's be realistic. Gyms are filled with people who aren't changing. And we know from firsthand experience how frustrating it is. Uh, And it can be very easy to just wonder, am I doing things right? Where am I going wrong? How can I fix this? So we have 10 very realistic, reasonable, and real world reasons why you may not be losing the weight you want to be losing. As I said, this comes from personal and professional insight. Now, okay, I'm going to insert right now a rant warning. (laughs) This is going to be hot. We are going to get on our soapbox. Why is that? Because it's our show and we can. Perks of being the host. (laughs) Am I right? Yes. So two two warnings to start this show off just quickly. One is there are 10 reasons why, so it may be a little bit longer of an episode to get through, but just that will be dealt with and we can all deal with that. And second is we may go off and rant about certain topics because they are very frustrating whoa, topics. Whoa, whoa, Where Courtney says we may <laughs> go off and rant about topics. No, no, no. We are going to rant and we're going to rant hard. So five-star rant alert incoming. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. The number one reason why you're not losing weight, very simple, you're wise and strong enough. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you'll notice as as Matt and I go along these uh, 10 reasons that a lot of them might seem like common sense, but... (laughs) Common sense isn't so common. No. Especially when it comes to... Weight loss, a very sensitive, emotional subject for people. People can make irrational decisions and all of a sudden logic goes out the window. I mean, let's think, actually, okay, first rant of the day. Why do you think the stupid, bloody detoxes and supplement programs make so much money? Is it, okay, does common sense dictate that the human body is built to Primarily live off supplements, not food. Uh, uh, no. No. But these, 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 these programs make money anyway. So anyway, the point is, common sense goes out the body window. Now, point number one is your why isn't strong enough. What do we mean by that? So the reason why, if we talk about a why, the reason why is why you have decided to change. Your goal. Your goal. The reason why you're doing this in the first place. So in in a lot of cases, really, uh, and I'll say this to people to their face, their goal is shit. Yeah. Their goal is just not good enough. 
because it's not important enough to them to actually get off their butt and do what needs to be done on a consistent basis. And I've noticed uh, over my time that it is easy to lie to yourself with what your goal is. The, uh, the, the okay, bit of bit of inside baseball on this one. I know for me, when I talk to people about their goals, there's some uh, red flags that I look for when mm. you ask people what their goals are. And the red flags are the following words. If you have used the following words in relation to your your goals or the reason why you're doing what you're doing, you may have a problem. Okay, they are as follows. I want to get fit and toned. Oh, I only want to focus on my health. Eh, I smell bullshit. They are what we call surface level goals. Yes, people want to get fit and toned. Yes, people want to get healthy. Let's be honest. Those things don't keep you up at night. No. Those things don't make you cry from frustration. No. No, and I think often there's a fear of being vain if your your true reason why is based around vanity. But the thing that most people don't understand is... Everyone's reason is based around vanity. Literally everybody has a vain goal somewhere deep down. And that's normal. And it's fine. It's fine. Who doesn't want to look good? What's wrong with just wanting to look good? Why have we got into this area of society now where you can't, ooh, you can't admit that you actually want to look good? Well, who gives a shit? Everyone wants to look good. Yep. So everybody's reason is vain deep down somewhere. Your reason might, yes, be based around health, but it's also based around wanting to look good. Well, one will come with the other, generally. So let's also look at this from a... um I guess you'd say a, a procedural standpoint in terms of if someone's wise and strong enough, how does that manifest itself during the course of someone's transformation? Well, let's put it this way. There are plenty of people out there that don't enjoy exercise. In fact, I'm hosting this show. Wait, sorry. The host of this show, because I'm her sidekick. Yes. The host of this show hates exercise. Courtney has never loved exercise since we've met. I despise it. And nothing has changed. And she's more than happy to tell people this. Yeah. Um, so if Courtney's reason for doing what she does wasn't strong enough, well, it's easy to not exercise, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. So you'll find that having a powerful reason why you're doing what you're doing is going to be the anchor point to get you through those times when you couldn't be stuffed. Yeah. And there's going to be those times because there are for us and we're the trainers. Absolutely. So if it affects us, believe me, it'll affect you and it'll affect everyone else. That's, that's just the way it is. Absolutely. So I think if you're not losing weight and you have a certain goal, it may be time to reevaluate that goal. Maybe time. It definitely is time to reevaluate that goal. Sometimes sure. legitimately people think that they have a, a, a goal that's important to them and then along the process they realize that – it definitely was not strong enough. Or sometimes people, honestly, they lie to themselves. Or some people lie to themselves from the beginning. Yep. So often it can be easy to fall into the trap of saying what you need to do. So I've heard people say to me, yeah, the reason I'm here is because I need to lose weight. And my first response is, well, I don't give a shit what you need. What do you want? Mm. So deep down inside, in a perfect world... What does the best version of yourself look, feel, and function like? So this need thing, everyone needs to be healthy. 
Everyone needs to eat certain foods. Everyone needs, well, not everyone, but a lot of people need to lose weight. Need versus want. Yes. That is the big thing at the end of the day. Your goal has to be around what you want Mm. the most. Mm. And that's where, when it comes down to what you want the most, there's no right or wrong goal. The wrong goal, in fact, is the one that's not important to you. Yeah. So I have had, and Courtney touched on it before in terms of vanity, I've had people that have felt bad about admitting that their goal is purely based on looks, to which I say, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's important to you, go for it. Because as Courtney said, that is important to most people. I've had some people come out and admit that their goal is they just want to get laid. High five. Okay. If that, you know, like Courtney wanted to meet her husband and you got stuck with me. <laughs> mission, yes. mission failed. Yes. Yes. And I, no one can tell you what your reason why is. No one can tell you your goal. No, if someone else is telling it for you, it's the wrong goal. And if you're trying to look for other people for inspiration on that, then you that won't work either. It really needs to be something that you're passionate about and that you want more than anything else. Where on those really shit days, it's going to get you, as Matt said, to the gym. It's going to get you to... The kitchen. The kitchen, the to the supermarket. supermarket. Mm. It's going to get you at doing those things that you really don't want to do. Yep. So that is what the goal has to be. And if you don't have something that powerful yet, then maybe you're just not ready yet. And that's fine. Um, and we can speak personally as well. Like I know Courtney hates exercise. I hate shopping mm. so much. I hate cooking. I don't like kitchens. Mm. I like going there to grab food, not going there to make food. Same with going to the supermarkets. I don't, I don't do crowded places very well. I don't do supermarkets very well, but guess what? The reason I'm doing what I'm doing is important enough to me to get over that. And just do it. And just make it happen. It's, yeah. it's temporary pain and temporary inconvenience for long-term satisfaction. So this is without, without doubt, this is the number one reason why people don't lose weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Their, their, their goal isn't strong enough. It's not personal enough. It's not meaningful enough. To me, the outcome that someone is working towards, whatever that may be, needs to be life-changing. Mm, good point. It needs to be something where you go, if I achieve that, everything is different. My relationships with others, with yourself, your work, your career, everything can change off that. If it's what we call a surface-level goal, that's where you can come unstuck. And that's where I think as well, it leads to people saying things like, oh, look, I want to go to the gym. I'm just not motivated. The reason you're not motivated is because your goal sucks. Your goal is shit. Mate, find a better goal. Find a goal that means something to you. Forget this motivational shit. Commit to something that means the world to you and no one else. And I'm done. Good. Now, solution. So let's say... Courtney, we have a person who has struggled. They're inconsistent. Their results are hit and miss at best. And they're starting to question that maybe their goal doesn't mean as much to them as they thought it did. What would you recommend to combat this? Find a better goal. The end. 
Well, I mean, at the end of the day, that's <laughs> that's all it is because you can't tell someone else what their goal should be. No, you so can't. you've really just got to re reanalyze the whole reason why you're doing this in the first place. And as you said, Matt, you've you've really got to think: is this a life changing goal, and is this something that I want more than anything else? Yep, and well, I think also reiterating that there is nothing wrong with whatever the goal is. Absolutely. So if, if your goal is based around vanity, that's fine. Well done. That's just like everyone else, just and like us. Within vanity, your goal can be anything. Your goal, just because you want to look better, doesn't mean you have to look like the girl next to you or the boy next to you. So you can have your own goal. You can uh, uh, have a desire to achieve your own body shape, but it just has to be strong enough. And personal. Absolutely. So let's now move on. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Almost choked right as you right as you said that. Choking on oxygen. Moving Struggling. on. Um, number two, you're not accountable. So this is again, I'm gonna say this is a big one. They're all big ones because they're the top ten. But being accountable is essential to achieving any goal. So we've just spoken about having the right reason why, the right goal. Now comes the accountability part of it. And if you're not accountable, then it's so easy just to pass things off and just to say, oh, no, it'll be all right. It's also easy. I'll make it up later. It's also easy when you're not accountable to just disappear. Mm. Now, Courtney and I have had this. We've worked with people that have signed up to work with us and they've done two-thirds of fuck all, Mm. which is a nice way of saying they've done nothing. Then you do nothing, you say nothing, and you just drift off into the distance and probably restart the same process again six months later and there's this vicious circle of starting and not finishing. Yeah, and I think this uh, accountability comes down to a lot of the time as well. People think they've always got to be perfect. Oh, so if you think you've got to be perfect, then trying to stay accountable is going to be very hard. Because you're constantly going to be fearing making mistakes. The point of being accountable is not to be perfect, is not to be doing it perfectly. The point of being accountable is... Taking responsibility and also then by taking responsibility, you develop a greater awareness of yourself and where your weaknesses are and where your strengths are. So I know with clients that Courtney and I work with, the ones that get the best results are the ones that are most willing to own their mistakes. Now, that's very different to saying they're the ones that are most perfect because, no, they're not. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. No one. But the best results come from people that own their mistakes. Absolutely. They might fall. You might fall off the rails for a couple of weeks. Okay. Shit happens. Or a day or, or one, one bad meal. Who cares? Let's move forward. Stay accountable. As Matt just said, it's all about data collection as well. Well, it is about data collection. Yeah, it is data collection because you then learn about what you're doing. You're learning about yourself. Uh, but it's well, the saying here is success leaves clues. So if the best results we've ever had with clients come from people that are most willing to own and admit their mistakes, what does that mean? Where I've noticed that people that often don't change, they do have something in common with this in that they either aren't willing to fully admit what they're doing or in some cases they'll straight up lie. Oh, yeah. And it can come from a, a desire to not disappoint. Mm. So I know that we, Courtney and I in the past, for example, have been given 
inaccurate food diaries, shall we say, where, well, here's a, here's a simple rule. If I ever get a food diary from a client that's better than mine, I call bullshit. Or training routine or or anything, anything to, involved in the whole thing. If it's better than what Matt and I do, then... The, quest, the red flag goes right up. Um, now, I understand that no, no one wants to disappoint. No. No one does. However, if you are working with a trainer yourself and you're not giving them the full picture of what you're doing, that is actually disappointing them. Because I, I can speak, well, Courtney and I can speak from, from firsthand professional experience. We can't actually help people if we don't know the full story of what's going on. And this goes back to what I said before about the people with us that get the best results are the ones that own their mistakes. That's because we know what they're doing, they know what they're doing, and we can help to make improvements and make refinements. Not iron out mistakes, because I don't think you should iron all mistakes out, it's not sustainable. But you can help guide people on their habits. Absolutely, absolutely. So when we talk about accountability, we're talking about habits. We're talking about habits. So Matt, just in wrapping this point up in terms of solutions, who should people say when we talk about accountability? Who should people stay accountable to? Well, that's where I think you find that there's a term that gets around now called accountability buddy. So you find yourself an accountability buddy or two or three or four, <laughs> which comes down to identifying people around you, either personally or professionally, that you believe and you trust to be able to hold you to a certain standard. So the easiest one is if you've got a trainer, it's them. Yes. And if they're not big on accountability, well... They're not a very good trainer. It's time to find a new trainer because they suck. Yes. Now, there's also, I think, your significant other. Yes. Husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. Training buddy. Training buddy, your best friend, family. Yes. It comes down to just people that you can trust to hold you to that level and you, and you own up what you're doing to them. Absolutely. I, I personally don't believe you can be accountable to yourself. No. It's too easy and it is part of human nature to block out mistakes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because not everyone does it on purpose. Yeah, there's, some, oh, no, no. there's certain habits that are so ingrained in, in, our, in our day-to-day routine that often we do things without even stopping to realize sometimes. Not many people are pathological liars. No. However, as I just touched on, it is, it is known that the human brain likes and wants to erase mistakes. Yes. So that's where when Courtney and I work with clients and, and they become more accountable and they're recording everything they're doing, we start to have conversations where they'll say to us, wow, I didn't realize I was doing that. In fact, I think Courtney had a comment from one of her clients recently saying, I didn't realize how much I was snacking. Mm. So part of being accountable creates an awareness and that awareness of yourself and that is really powerful information to use long-term. Absolutely. Because you know where your weaknesses are. That's how I knew that my weakness is complacency. Mm. Absolutely. But you have to be accountable for that to be you know, something that you can come to grips with. Now, number three of the 10 reasons why you're not losing weight. You consistently miss training sessions. Yeah. Now, look, I know it gets hot. 
I know it gets cold. I know it gets rainy, windy, dark, light. Get over it. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be one. This isn't a topic we're going to spend a lot of our time on because it's pretty plain and simple. You consistently miss your training sessions. How do you expect to change? You will not change. It is as simple as that. Well, if someone, well, okay, wait, actually, actually, you can, you can change if you consistently miss your training sessions, you're making very good food choices at home. True. However, can you change in an optimal fashion that really improves your body shape dramatically? Uh, ready for it? Hell no. No. So think about it. Exercise, and this goes on, I said, we said it before, you don't have to enjoy exercise. Okay, fine. However... Exercise is a tool, a damn useful one. It's a stimulus for change. So if we have a female who says, well, I would like to lose three dress sizes and actually have a shapely butt and a shapely pair of legs and arms. Well, that it ain't gonna happen by itself, is it? You have to stimulate your body to change. That's where the training comes in. The weight training, the cardio training, even the walks, the gardening, the bike riding, whatever. Mm -hmm. It all serves a purpose. So to me, what I like to tell people is that a big part of this whole process is putting yourself in a position to succeed. If you're consistently missing training sessions, how are you putting yourself in a position to succeed? It's just one step forward, two steps back. Oh, absolutely. And so we're not talking about a couple here. Like, if you're sick, you're sick. And no, it's not a very good idea to train. Sometimes shit happens. Well, you're very sick. So yes, that is a very different thing. But we are talking about consistently missing training sessions. If you couldn't be bothered going to your training session at the gym today, you are setting yourself up to fail. Correct. Simple as that. You can't, you cannot pick and choose to do things when they suit you. That is a very, very quick way to be frustrated, disappointed, and disillusioned in the whole process because you ain't gonna change. And there are seven days in the week, so. Yeah, there are, yep. You have got the opportunity. Breaking news, there's seven days know, in the week. I know, it's amazing. You've got the opportunity if shit happens one day and your car breaks down. Something happens. You're which, sick. Which I had this week, actually. Yes. Yeah. You have got another six days to work out your planning schedule for your workouts. It has happened to Matt and I too many times in the past to count. Something has happened and we can't work out on the day that we usually do. All the time. All the time. Guess what? We make it up. Just move it to another friggin' day. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like it's seriously yeah. just move it to another day you don't just say to yourself oh i missed it the whole week's ruined damn i just won't bother going for the rest of the week then <laughs> yeah. and i and it laugh but it happens so often i know and I it's so it's true. and it's so easy to do so just be aware that yes, sometimes shit's going to happen. Yes, sometimes you're not going to make all your training sessions that week and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make them up. It just is the way it is. Okay. But the, the key word in this number three is consistently miss training sessions. Yeah, you can't get the change. So how, Courtney, how does one overcome this? 
don't do it. <laughs> so basically, again, just like I've said, sometimes, yes, shit will happen. Sometimes you cannot reschedule those sessions. Sometimes you're sick for an entire week and it's just not doable. Okay, yep. that's fine. That is not what we're talking about. What we are talking about is consistently missing sessions because things come up that could have been avoided that you could have gone anyway or that your training sessions could easily have then been rescheduled for other times of the day or other days of the week and you don't do it. They're the things that can then become a habit if you do it over and over again. I always say it doesn't take long to form a habit. It scarily doesn't take long to form a habit. Something else, can I just throw something else in there as well? Have a think though about actually how many training sessions the average person needs each week to get a great result. It's not much. So as Courtney and I touched on this in our last episode about how much exercise should I do, the average person really should just start off with two weight sessions and two intense cardio sessions. Now that there should add up to a grand total of maybe three hours. And that is why I say you should... Be, there's seven days in a week. So you, you, there's no reason why, unless legitimately you are sick for an entire week, but there's no other reason why that you can't move it to another day or you can't work around it. And again, we're talking about a one-off week here, but this is talking about consistently missing training sessions. If you week after week after week miss them, it will affect your results. Yeah, well, all right, cool. Number four. Your all-or-nothing approach makes you yo-yo. Yep. So this brings up the uh, one of the best words we can use, sustainability. Mm. So, okay, you have someone who has decided, righto, I'm going to change. I don't like the way I am. I haven't exercised in years. I haven't done anything to look after myself in years. But starting next week... I'm going to do a seven-day intense training program. I'm going to change all my bad habits. I'm going to quit smoking and quit drinking and quit eating junk food all at once. And then two weeks later, ah, too hard, back to normal. Gee, I wonder why. And then the same thing happens six months later, 12 months later. My New Year's resolution this year is to go to the gym nine days a week Mm -hmm. and cut all drinking from day one. So basically what Matt is saying... Why am I failing? Too much. Too much, too much, too much. Oh, but I've made a mistake. I've failed. Too much. So when we're talking about the all or nothing approach, we're talking about trying again to be perfect. We're trying to be... Do too much and we're trying to do everything at once and we're trying to be perfect at it all at the same time. Ready for it? Can I just lay it out there? You ain't going to be perfect. No one is. Forget that shit. No one is perfect. No one. Not with their food, not with their training. Everybody makes mistakes. Matt and I make mistakes. We are the result of our mistakes. We are. Yeah, absolutely. We know there's people in the fitness industry that we highly, highly respect and have amazing physiques and they will tell you themselves that they are not perfect. No one is. So they make mistakes. Everybody does. So if you're going with an all or nothing approach to food... You're going to fail. It is not going to work. You cannot limit, limit, limit what your intake is 
and limit, limit, limit all these, cut all these things out of your day-to-day diet and expect to sustain that long-term. Well, then you also talk about uh, having it having an impact on social life, social engagements. I know Courtney and I, uh, we like to every week go out together and have like a bit of a husband and wife uh, date day, date night, date lunch, date breakfast, whatever. Mm. Um, and believe me, those meals that we have are not part of our regular eating routine and they taste so good. Absolutely. So good because it's also sustainable. It becomes something that we look forward to. So all or nothing approach tends to lead, I think, to people just doing these, these yo-yo efforts. So I'm going to go on for six weeks and go off for six months, go on for another six weeks, go off for another six months and nothing changes except the only thing that gets lighter is your wallet. Absolutely. So that, that is where a lot of the yo-yoing comes in. It also comes in when Matt said about over-exercising. So committing to just an unrealistic amount of exercise that cannot be sustained. And becomes, if you're someone who doesn't enjoy exercise and you're trying to force yourself to do more than is necessary... It's going to be hard because you're forcing yourself to do what you don't like. And why when it's not necessary? And when like, it's not, and when that it's not is necessary. just blows my mind constantly is when people exercise for two hours at a time. What a waste of time. Like if it is not scientifically necessary, if I can change my body shape doing it in half that time, why the friggin' hell would I continue for well, an extra hour? You think about Courtney and I have a very simple philosophy when it comes to helping people lose weight, change their body shape, etc., you should be able to get the most from the least. So a routine should be, should be worked on and implemented so that someone can get a fantastic change from the smallest effort possible. Absolutely. So what's the solution here? The all or nothing approach. I think it comes back down to us, really. We really what have to. No, just us as human beings in general. Whoa. We have to Zen. get it into our heads that if you try to do everything at once, it is not going to work. If you try to be perfect and you try to cut, 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 cut everything out of your diet, everything perfectly, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it right. Well, it won't work because it'll work for about two days and then you'll get sick of it and then you'll stop doing it. Can I offer an, uh, an alternative take on what you just said? Uh, sure, it's our show, babe. You can do whatever you like. Can I? <laughs> All right. Uh, my advice, if you are struggling with an all or nothing approach, take the pressure off yourself. Mm, good one. It's okay to make mistakes because guess what? You're going to. Shit is going to go south. Great, great point. Things will go wrong. I guarantee it. Mm. You're going to get things come up that you can't plan for. It's fine. It's fine. Take the pressure off. Get over yourself. Get over what you're doing and just do your best. Mm. But understand that your best will not be perfect. The end. The end. Now, number five of the 10 reasons why you're not losing weight. Well, you are a cardio bunny. This is Matt's favorite term, Mm. cardio bunny. Hands up, how many females are afraid of lifting weights? All the hands go up. Now, is 
Okay, I'm not going to sit here and rant about how bad cardio exercise is because I would be wrong. Intense cardio, structured intense cardio exercise absolutely has a place in someone getting into the best shape of their life. Oh, 100%. It's essential. It's essential. However, however. If that's all you do. Can you lose weight doing nothing but cardio exercise? Yes, you sure can. Are you going to look your absolute best doing nothing but cardio exercise? Absolutely not. No. And it is obviously all goal specific as well. So if your goal is to be a marathon runner, being a cardio bunny is perfect. Well, understand as well. What podcast is this? He's the weight loss podcast. What po- what podcast is this not? <laughs> Punk. <laughs> the Marathon Runner podcast. This is not the Marathon podcast. This is the weight loss podcast. Yes. So from a weight loss perspective, being a cardio bunny will help you lose weight. However, it will not make you look your best. No. Now, Cordy can speak to this personally. Um, when she first started exercising, she was indeed a cardio bunny. Well, cardio bunny is still a loose term because it wasn't very intense what I was doing, but I would just walk on the treadmill. But yes, all I did and all I ever thought about in terms of when I even thought about exercising was all revolved around cardio. Yes. So there was no one I knew who lifted weights. There was no one I knew who went to the gym that had a structured uh, program. There was no one I knew that did that. Everyone I ever knew just went to the gym and did the treadmill or the exercise bike or the cross trainer. That's all they did. So that's all I knew. And that's all that I ever thought about when I, sp- when I th- even thought about exercise. Yeah. So this, this point is another way of saying, if you're not lifting weights and you want to lose weight, please lift weights. Yes. I think this is approximately the 500,000th time we've said this on this podcast to date, and we're going to say it 500,000 more times. Why? Because it's true. Yes. If you ain't lifting weights, if all you're doing is cardio, please change that, and you will find you'll get some big, satisfying, pleasing changes to your body shape. Yes. Cordy went from no butt to great butt. Yes, and I'm very proud of my... Posterior? Yes. Your booty? Absolutely. Hashtag booty gains? 100%. So, and as as Matt said before, we've done a previous podcast in terms of exercise routines, things like that. And, I mean, we're talking about two weight training sessions and two, two. to three cardio, depending how advanced you are, starting at two. You start with two. You always... So standard thing with exercise, you're better off starting with, with a small amount and building up as your conditioning improves. But the point of this of this particular point, lift weights, mate. Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> yes. So it can, obviously, when re- relating that back to the reason why you're not losing weight is being a cardio bunny, that it is, yes, it will make you lose weight, you may, not be, you may not be satisfied with the result as you yes. become a smaller version of yourself. It won't necessarily make you lose weight in the way that well, you want. Isn't there a difference? Well, isn't there? I know the answer to this question. Isn't there a difference between losing weight and changing your body composition? Yes. Changing your body composition leads to dramatic physical improvements. Losing weight makes you a smaller version of yourself. 
Correct. I think uh, I think that's a pretty good one. Let's move on. Moving on. Number six, your training program is poorly structured. Yes. So you may uh, be a bit hodgepodge. So today I'm going to go to the gym and oh yeah, okay, I might uh, I might use a leg press. Oh yeah, the the shoulder press machine is free. Oh no, it's on the treadmill. I might do that today. No, sorry, your training program sucks. You don't make up the exercises as you go along. You don't guess the weights that you did last time you did them. Wow, haven't you just opened up a can of worms? The amount of times we, Matt and I, are in the gym and we see that happen is just amazing, especially even when we see trainers training clients and they don't record anything, they're just holding their drink bottle and well, watching them do an exercise. Wait, wait. Watching them do their exercise? Well, or usually. on their phone texting their friends? Sometimes they're doing that. But what they will do is they'll actually just guess the client's weight. So they'll just guess that they're about this weight. Sometimes they might guess right. Sometimes it looks to be far too easy. Sometimes it looks to be far too hard and they should not have picked that weight for their client. But then the problem becomes that because they're guessing, a lot of them don't change the weight because they don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing or they've guessed wrong. So they'll just keep the weight there even though it's not the correct weight. So why guess when you could just write it down? Well, I think the word guess is well used uh, in this instance because... You think of the amount of people that are in gyms these days, and then the percentage of those people that aren't changing, which is a high percentage, people are guessing. They're trying to guess their way through it. Now, changing your body shape, dropping some unwanted body fat, looking your best, feeling your best, doesn't just happen through good intentions, and doesn't happen just because you think about it. it has, it's like anything in life, it's well executed, it has to be structured and planned and then rolled out. So if someone is doing a training program, well, I use the term program loosely, if someone is going to the gym when they feel like it and doing whatever looks good on the day, where's, where's the measured progression? So from day one, I know, and here's a bit of a tip off here, Courtney and I with all of our clients, everything is written. Everything is recorded. So for Courtney, and I'll use Courtney as a good example because I've, I've basically been around Courtney since she first started lifting weights. Every training session that Courtney has ever done in the gym performing weights has been written down. We have data now going back to the end of 2012. Mm-hmm. That is priceless. Because not only does it show you over a long-term period of time how you've progressed, it also shows you week to week where you've been. Because it's very easy to walk in when, to a gym when you're not writing things down and you're not structuring your program. It's easy to guess and to guess wrong. I believe, and I've noticed as well, that the more you write, the less you have to remember. Absolutely. So if you are performing an unstructured training program, there's a problem. There's an absolute problem. If you are working with a personal trainer and you don't have a training program that is structured, it's time to find a new trainer. Yeah, so when we talk about poorly structured training programs and how that can lead to you not losing weight, 
We're talking about things like, well, if you haven't got any structure, potentially your training uh, program is too easy for you, that you're not pushing yourself hard enough and the data is not there to be able to pick that up and to show you. And because you might be guessing your weights and you're not guessing them correctly, potentially on the other hand, you might be overtraining. You might be doing too much because you're forgetting what days you did what exercises, what days you worked out which muscles. There's no structure at all to what you're doing. So potentially you're doing too much. And then that again is affecting your results. Yeah, I think very, very well said. I think another issue before we wrap this up is that effective an effective an effectively structured training program is one that is known as, it's a periodized program. So a periodized program is one that gradually ramps up, ups the ante of what you're doing through the course of a program. So when Courtney and I write out our 12-week programs for our clients, they are periodized in a way that builds forward momentum that starts them at a level that they gradually build up and on upon to a peak at the end of the 12-week program, then they have a rest. And that structure does not fail. So in closing, the solution here, if you are going to the gym and just doing random things, put together a plan. Put together a plan of attack. And record it. And record it. Now, moving on, to point number seven, you are using exercise as a trade-off. Stop me if this sounds familiar. Okay, I've just been out last night and I drank 20 beers, had two large pizzas and a kebab. It's all right, I'll burn it off Monday. Newsflash. You won't. No, you won't. Nice fantasy there, buddy. That's not how it works. Same goes the other way. I'm going to the gym tonight because I'm going out afterwards to drink. So if you are trying to trade off poor food choices through exercise, you're going to be very unhappy. And I mean, if that worked, if that literally worked then I wouldn't hate exercise as much as I do and I'd work out every day so I could eat whatever the hell I wanted. But it does not, unfortunately, work that way. You know, exercise, as I said earlier in the show, exercise is a tool, a tool for stimulus, you know, stimulating change, not a trade-off. If you have told yourself in the past or in the present that it's okay, you'll burn it off Monday, you are dreaming. And this also is why... The gyms are so crowded on Monday nights as yes. opposed to Friday nights. Their conscience because is high. Friday nights, they're out doing the things they're going to try to burn off on Monday. And this leads to a very nice merry-go-round of no change. Absolutely. A lot of people view exercise the wrong way. They view it as justification to shove shit into their face. I said it before, I'll say it again, exercise is merely a tool and should be used as such. Well, as you said, Matt, it's the stimulus for change. It's not the catalyst of change. So... What? Like, it's not the reason why you change. It's just the stimulus you need. Well, it's stimulating the change and then what you put into your body following that exercise is going to accelerate or decelerate... Correct. ...those changes. So if you are trying to, uh, to outrun 
uh, your bad food choices, you've probably realized by now that doesn't work. So the, the, the solution to this one is pretty clear that if you're using exercise as a trade-off... You've got some habits that need to be addressed. That is not going to help you lose yeah, weight. If you're doing exercise the wrong way and you're not addressing what actually is the problem here, which is the habits that you've got away from the gym. Correct. So moving right along to number eight, your treat foods have become staple foods. Yes. Now, I think this ties into uh, the topic of accountability. Absolutely. As well. It's, uh, as I said earlier, it is the human brain does want to block out mistakes that we make and it can become very easy. And I've been guilty of this. I know Courtney has as well. It can become very easy to overlook when foods that you know would normally be treats start to become, shall we say, regular occurrences. And I will say again, I find it's very easy. It's scarily easy to develop habits. It's a lot harder to undo those habits. It takes time. And develop new ones. So just it can be a quick process where foods that you consider treats each week suddenly do start to become staples and then they do affect the results that you're getting. Well, you look at it, all of a sudden that... um... That chocolate bar you have once a week, you start having four times a week, five times a week. And this, can I just say, can also lead into the point that we just made about trade-off of exercise. So it can really filter through into many other categories, this staple, these treat foods becoming staples, because you might be used to having, say, a protein bar or a... What do they call those balls that are popular these days? Bliss balls. Bliss balls. Uh, you might be. You might. You might have one of those a week after you've exercised. Just one on one day a week. You might grab one, and then that suddenly becomes twice a week, and it's okay. It's not that bad because I exercised. Mm. And then it suddenly starts to come in and come in and come in, and and you and you play it off, and you say, well, it's actually not really that bad because it's a healthy treat. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, good and point. And then it becomes, oh, but it's it's no, it's fine because it's healthy. So it can become a staple food because it's a healthy treat. It's not really a treat treat. So these are the sort of tricks that our minds start to play with us. Yep. So then what is the uh, the best way to look at, you know, these treat foods and putting them back where they belong? Well, I think it ties into point number two, be accountable, because it can be easy to actually overlook the fact that you're doing it. I've been guilty of it subconsciously. So have I. Um, Chances are you have as well. I think most people have. Yeah. The more information you keep on yourself, the more aware you are. So really record what you're doing and analyze what you're doing. And realize there's not just one fix for for this and then it's going to go away forever and it's just going to be fixed. So Matt and I have just said that we've both done this over time and we're probably going to make this mistake again in the future because it's not just that you fix it once and then it never happens again. You do have to be conscious of these sort of things going forward. So what you think as well, the human brain functions best on routine yeah. So we we as, as human beings uh, want to be we're habitual by nature. So our our brains are always looking for new habits and new routines to fall into place with. So that's where it can be easy to fall into this trap more than once. And you know what? That's okay. That's normal. I think. 
but having a system in place that will help to keep you aware of it via accountability and keeping that information on hand somewhere is vital. Yeah, you're able just to pull it back in and then move on from there. Mm-hmm. So moving on to number nine, we're almost there, guys. Number nine, you refuse to accept a level of sacrifice. Now, I am going to shut my mouth. <laughs> this is this is Courtney's rant topic. I'm going to shut my mouth. Courtney, you have the floor. This one is something that has become more and more present of late for me. So... Basically, there's a level of sacrifice involved in any change. So we're talking about weight loss. I mean, this episode really is called 10 Reasons Why You're Not Losing Weight. And the podcast is the weight loss podcast. Exactly. So everything we are talking about revolves around body change and and weight loss. So when we're talking about sacrifice, it's a word that no one likes to hear. No one wants to sacrifice. Much like patience. Yeah, no one no one no one likes it. No one no one likes the idea of sacrifice. So I think we all get to a certain point where, especially if we've tried fad diets and things like that in the past, we all think, you know what, that's a level of sacrifice we're not willing to to maintain. And that's why a lot of those fad diets, all those fad diets don't work long term because they're a level of sacrifice that you can't sustain. Well, that's why diets don't work. Correct. So when we're talking about just changing our habits, eating correctly, exercising, People seem to think that that means, oh, that's not a diet, so it's not sacrifice. It's still sacrifice. It is not a word that you can get away from. If you got away with not sacrificing anything, then you would be able to continue doing what you're doing and you would just look the same way that you are. I wouldn't eat vegetables if I if it didn't help me. Because I don't really love the taste of broccoli. But you know what? I eat them because it helps me get to where I want to be. That's a level of sacrifice that I implement. And I think the thing that a lot of people get stuck on at the moment um, is that they think because I'm not on a diet, I'm not, I don't have to sacrifice. There is You have to start getting it through your head that there is a level of sacrifice with any change that you're going to make with your life. And losing weight comes with a level of sacrifice. Yeah, um, can I? Yeah. You look at it, in the end, we are all the result of the choices that we make, for better or for worse. So if we are overweight and we are unhealthy, that is the result of choices that we've made. So if we want to change what we look and feel like, clearly, choices that we make need to change with it. And that's where the topic of sacrifice comes into it. Some things need to change. There's no way around that. I And Courtney, I think, is, is on the money. That's where a lot of people come unstuck is that they're just not willing to give up certain things. And you know what? That's fine. As long as you're fine staying the way you are. Exactly. Now, However, do you need to give everything up to change? No. Not even close. No, and that's why this one is called a level of sacrifice. A level of sacrifice. So you refuse to accept a level of sacrifice. Can I give a good example here? Yes. um, Okay. How often have we heard the term, I don't have the time? Mm. Or, I'm too busy. That there's a level of sacrifice. So I'll use myself as an example. This may be news. Actually, not many people know this. I love video games. Love 
Love. They are my primary hobby away from what I do for a living. Now, what would I rather do? Sit down and play my favorite video game for a couple of hours or go to the shop and buy food and go home and cook it. Let me think about that. 10 times out of 10, I'd rather put the TV on, crank up the stereo and play something on my Xbox or my PlayStation or my computer. However, however, is that going to get me what I want to get with my own personal goals with my body and health? No. No. You know how I know that? Because I've lived it. Because in the past, I would play games instead of making choices that were congruent with my alleged goals. And funnily enough, I stayed fat. Funny how that works. Yes. Now, I had to sacrifice time doing things that I enjoy to do things that get me what I want the most. And you know what? I'm prepared to do it. And I'll do it. Yep. Same with same with Courtney. I know Courtney would much rather sit down and watch American political reports <laughs> or Gogglebox. Love Gogglebox. Or the Real Housewives of somewhere. Oh, these chicks are hilarious. They're freaks. <laughs> now I know Courtney has things she'd rather do than exercise. Literally anything. Do you exercise? But I do my exercise because it is a level of sacrifice you're willing to make that I'm willing to make that will get me to my goal and is a level of sacrifice that I can sustain. And you're willing to sacrifice the time needed. Correct. It's the same thing with when it comes to food. I'm willing to sacrifice not being able to have burgers and ice cream every night for dinner. You mean every meal. Because that is not going to get me to my goal. But I'm not sacrificing it altogether because I'm still going to have it once a week. So there is a level of sacrifice that is needed. It is not sacrificing everything. But there is a level of sacrifice that is needed to change your body shape and to lose weight. And if you refuse to accept that, you will not do it. All right. Question, Courtney. How does one overcome that problem? To refuse to accept that is just something that you are going to have to deal with and accept on your own. Ooh. There is nothing that I can say, that Matt can say, that anyone can say to say, here, just do this. It's sort of like what your goal is. Only you can know what your goal is. Only you can know if you're ready to accept the level of sacrifice, a level of sacrifice, to achieve the body that you want. And you'd be surprised as well at how much you actually don't need to start with. Yeah. We've had some of our wall of fame transformations we've had where people have had these incredible changes and they've still eaten chocolate regularly. Yeah. But they have they have sacrificed and changed enough, enough things along the way to generate a fantastic result. I think a lot of people get scared off by the word sacrifice. And I think it just scares people off because they think that they've got to give up everything. 
you just answered the question I was going to ask. Do we think the sacrifice ties into the requirement to be perfect? Yes, it's the all or nothing approach again. But what you've, what I think you've just got to get through into your brain is that we're talking about a level of sacrifice. So we're not talking about all, all sacrifice or nothing. We're just talking about a level yeah. and you've got to come to the realisation that it's going to take a level of sacrifice and you've got to come to the realisation that you're happy with that. Wow, well said. Last one. Last one. Lucky last. So the 10th reason why you're not losing weight, you don't believe you can do it. You'd be surprised. Well, I, I'm a big proponent of uh, mental health when it comes to the benefits of exercise and, and you know positive, healthy lifestyles. You'd be surprised at how easy it is to believe the things that you tell yourself. Mm. So, okay, I'm not going to be one of those kumbaya dickheads and sit here and say, oh, just believe in yourself and it will work. Uh, that's kind of bullshit. Mm. However, however, if you are constantly berating yourself, beating yourself up when you make a mistake, or you keep telling yourself, and I was guilty of this when I was younger, you'll always be fat. You'll always be this. You'll always be that. Your actions will make that come true, otherwise known as a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the things you tell yourself are probably going to be the things that you make happen. So I tell... Well, both Courtney and I tell our clients, do we expect you to believe in it as much as we do? No, not yet, but you will. I know from personal experience that my belief in it got stronger and stronger as I executed and as I started to feel improvements mm. within myself. So... I am the first person to admit that these days I know I have an irrational confidence where I know if I put my mind to it, I can do whatever the hell I want. Did I start that way? No. I started with the belief that I could get to the gym consistently. I think I can do this. And I did. Which then led into, I think I can do the next thing. And I did. And it builds up from there. Courtney, would you like to add to this or is this now the match show? No, no, you're doing so well. I just thought I'd let you go. But I completely agree with everything you just said. So I don't actually have that much to add other than you've just added. I mean... Can I drop the mic? You don't believe you can do it. I mean, it's... You've, I think you've just hit the nail on the head with that one. Wow. All right. So mic drop. Boom. <laughs> uh, so if... Um, well, let's, let's put the question out there. If, if we are someone that doesn't believe that we can do it, how the hell do we overcome that? Yeah. Oh, are you answering a question with a question? Well, you went through it. How did you, how did you overcome it? Easy. You start with one thing. Mm. You pick one thing that you think you can do. I personally recommend exercise because 99 times out of 100 it's pretty much the easiest thing to do. It always is the easiest thing to do. Even for someone like me who hates exercise, exercise is still easier to develop as a habit well, than changing your eating. I, I do believe if you can't, if you can't 
start with exercise or you can't even exercise consistently, you're really in trouble. Yeah. Because it, it is traditionally the easiest part of a transformation is oh, getting yeah. your ass to the gym. Oh, yeah. Even if you hate the gym, as I said, it mm. is it is an easier place to start. So I will say that no matter how much self-belief you may not have, you aren't going to develop it all at once. So this kumbaya bullshit of just change your mindset and it will all work from there is the biggest load of shit, but you've got to start with something. Pick something, I recommend exercise, and let it play out for a good month, two months or so. You're going to feel better about yourself pretty quickly quickly because you are doing something. Yeah, It's a positive something, and you're going to get, obviously, the rush that you get from exercise. Yeah, It's commonly known, you know, positive hormone release, blah, blah, blah. It, does, it It's true. You feel better about yourself and you're also going to notice some differences just by starting with that one thing. So you're going to feel a bit more energetic. Yeah. I think the difference is, Matt, that with when it comes to your mindset, mindset gets changed from doing. Mindset doesn't get changed from thinking about it. Well, in the um, if you go through uh, if you go through our podcast archives, we did an entire episode. Uh, early on on your mindset and weight loss. So there's a deep dive in there waiting to be listened to. But the point, the the short form point that I'm trying to make here is that pick one thing, do that one thing, you'll feel better about yourself. Yeah, there's a sense of achievement. Yep, and then go and attack the next one thing. Yeah, absolutely. And let that build up. So rather than trying to address every problem that you've got at once, just pick one, do it. And just do one thing at a time. I'm a big proponent of single tasking. I'm not a fan of multitasking anymore. Yeah. I like to single task. Yeah. Do one thing, do it to the best of your ability, develop the confidence, do the next thing, yeah. the end. Yep. And it all comes, as, as Matt just said, it all comes from trying, not from thinking about it. It comes from doing. Yep. So, Awesome. That's it. That's it. That's our 10 reasons why you're not losing weight. So hopefully that has um, shed some light uh, on potentially a frustrating situation. We have gone rather long. We've gone long, so we're not going to do any emails or anything. So we have given you your money's worth. But please send us any feedback you have on these. Uh, Any questions that you have for future episodes, please contact us through either our Facebook uh, account or podcast at the weight loss podcast you can email us podcast at the weight loss podcast oh, dot, dot com. com sorry yes you can email us on that note we're going to call this a show let's wrap it up yes hope thanks is, for listening thanks for listening hope this has helped we will speak to you see soon see get more free tips listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at the weight loss podcast dot com